0: You know, I try to make it more about like the emotional side of with sex with them. is you're not ready to have sex, imagine, you know, you do that. And around the school, like that, gets out. just all of the emotional idea that your brain isn't developed enough. You know, there's other parts of it, too, but not so much the shame or religion side. That's a different side of it, but just the sake of, you know, you really like someone, you give them that. And then the next day they break up with you. Could you handle that right now? And they couldn't.
1: Are you ready? Let's create your dream life. Glasses are fire.
2: I just bought these because they have that little shade for the light, and I get a lot of compliments on them when I'm on Zoom. (laughs) They're hella sexy. (laughs) Well, welcome live to the Get Up Girl podcast. Today
1: is our Get Up Girl chat. This is our girl gang chat. This is when I bring some of my besties, my gals, my fellow entrepreneur gals that I know all over the United States and world, where we come together and we have sex talks. We talk about the things that some of us are not maybe as open to talk about. And we're going to see where that goes today. So let me introduce my beautiful panel. I have Holly Martin. Holly and I met, gosh, well, you've been on the show many, many times, but she and I met right before the pandemic and got really close. She is a fellow entrepreneur as well.
0: Welcome, Holly. Are you open to talk about this today? I am. I would say this is a little out of my comfort zone. That's why I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) little side note. Holly sent me a DM
1: and she's like, I'm really excited, but also scared. So let's do this. (laughs) And so sometimes the things that scare us, right, or sometimes the things we want to lean into. Then I have Veronica Corona. She is my gal with her little hot glasses. I love them. She is also an entrepreneur as well and creator of a cleaning business and now she's the CEO. And Veronica and I have known each other for many, many, many years. And so
2: welcome gals. And Veronica, are you excited or a little nervous to chat? Uh, today? A little bit of both because this is, I agree with Holly, this is totally out of my comfort zone. And I was like, oh my God, we're gonna talk about sex, baby. And I'm like, ah! made me it made me nervous, but I think it's an important conversation to have. So I'm excited, yes. I'm, I'm excited as well, <laughs> nervous. <laughs>
1: Right, Veronica. It's such an important conversation. It's yeah. something that created us. It actually gave us life, and it's difficult for us to talk about. Or at least, again, I that's why I wanted to bring different ethnicities, different ages, different all kinds of things of women to see how the difference is of what was behind closed doors. So that is the theme today of how were we we were raised with sex. How did our parents talk to us about sex what was the sex talk like so let's start with our first question what was the first thing that you learned about sex like your first memory did your parents sit down and have that conversation with you did you go to school and you're like what is that so holly what was it for you
0: i remember hearing the term blow job <laughs> and i thought that it was literally blowing <laughs> on genitals and i went to my mom and i asked that and um and told me what it was and i was like horrified and this was elementary school um wait, and wait, I, wait. so you asked your mom and she gave you details about it no she just said it was like what did i don't remember exactly what she said but i just remember thinking oh my gosh i would <laughs> never do that you know <laughs> as, a, as a kid okay. Okay, <laughs> keep it, keep it, it was never really ex- we never it was never really explained uh, i just remember very vividly being told if you get pregnant I'm disowning you and you're kicked out. And so my only thought was, okay, well, if I got pregnant and I didn't have a place to live and I was on the street with a baby, I wouldn't make it. So I better never have sex because I don't ever want to be on the streets alone with a baby. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of women. Don't get pregnant. I mean,
1: I heard that too, but I didn't get the disown, but it was like, just don't get pregnant. So yeah, every time you're just so afraid of sex. So it created this, this little wheel That would go on our brains of like to be afraid of it, that sex equals something horrible and bad that we associated. I love that, Holly. I love that story. (laughs) Blowjob. I always wonder, why do you call it a job? It's Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like who named it? I think a woman named it. (laughs) I don't think a man would maybe give the name a blowjob. But yeah, it's a job. Okay. I
2: love that. Veronica, how about for you? First time. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? I grew up in an ultra Catholic Mexican family. We didn't talk about sex. That was not even a topic of conversation. I think I was in junior high when I finally learned. You know, because we had the talk, right, about the your menstrual cycle, and they still didn't explain sex. But there was a girl that was pregnant in in junior high, and when I asked her how did you get pregnant, she goes, "What do you mean how I got pregnant?" I said, "Yeah, how, how is it that you were pregnant?" Like I didn't know how you got pregnant because it was not something that was talked about, right? So she told me and I was like, oh, and then I, all I could think of was that that's how we were made. <laughs> my brother, my at that time I was in junior high, it was with myself and my two brothers and then my sister came along. So it was just kind of really interesting to know that I had no idea anything about sex until uh, she told me what ha- what she had done and that's why she was pregnant. And that was very, um, I mean, she was the only girl in school pregnant. You didn't see that when I was in junior high. Just a few years ago, but you know, I didn't see that. you didn't see that. You didn't see that in junior high. So, didn't it, we didn't
1: junior high and so, wow, just at normal, regular school?
2: Yeah, regular. I went to public school and she was like the only girl that was pregnant in the school. And it was literally our last year of junior high going into high school. So, you know, she was, low, uh, I mean, we were probably 14, 15, 13, 14, maybe. Yeah. 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 So young, very yeah, young.
1: Monica. Yeah, I'm familiar with your, the way that you were grew that you grew up, but let's give everybody that's listening and watching as well, because like you said, you grew up in a highly Catholic Mexican family. You don't talk about it now. Even now, as a grown adult, explain, can you talk to your mom about sex? Is it
2: still kind of taboo in your family? No, it's not something we talk about. I mean, I remember growing up that if we there was a movie on that was had a sex scene, it's like we had to turn away. Like we have to turn away until this day. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, it, there's a little bit of an uncomfort if we're watching a movie and there's a sex scene and my mom's in the room or my oh my dad. Forget it. Uh, absolutely not. Like no. But with my mom now, like and then we'll say, well, mom, it's natural. Oh yes, me. I know, I know. But like you know, it's still uncomfortable for her because let me tell you, my mom was raised where a young lady should not hold hands with the boyfriend because they will no longer be a virgin. And even though my mom didn't know the meaning behind it, she just knew it was something bad. And I remember her telling us one day that my aunt was holding hands with her boyfriend in the plaza in Mexico, you know? And that she was worried that she was no longer a virgin, but she didn't really know the concept. And I thought, can you imagine you would have gone back to my grandfather and grandmother with that story? You guys both would have gotten into trouble and overholding hands, which I thought was really interesting. But that was just part of the lack of knowledge, the naiveness. And mind you, my grandma married at the age of 13 and had like you know, 20 kids, right? So it's just really fascinating to see that dynamic on how conservative. And even my grandma, I remember saying... You, you can't let a man touch until you get married, so I grew up with the belief that you cannot have sex until you got married. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. as I, same thing, my grandma got married at 13, knew nothing. Ah. I even have a story that she told my mom. So my grandmother is telling my mom, her daughter, that she didn't even know how the baby was going to come out the first time she was pregnant. So can you imagine not having that education? So she has this human being in her womb. And does not know how it's going to come out. That's great. (laughs) So she goes into labor and has no idea that it's going to come out of the, you know, vaginal canal. Can you, like, gosh, that nobody teach, because she's 13, knew nothing. So just like your mom or your grandma with the holding the hands, that means that same thing with being pregnant. Wow. Okay, so now, Veronica, I'm still curious on that. What has your evolution been like with sex and learning about it and and coming into a woman
2: and, and learning your body? Oh, wow. It's been, I think a lot of it, my learning has come from my friends, believe it or not because I had friends that were having sex, like I was still in college and I was not having sex. So I did, I had friends that were, and I would like just learning vicariously through them or living the sex life through them because I was, you know, I'm being the oldest, had to be a good girl and, you know, being the first to go to college in my family was also another transition because, oh, she's going to go to college and be there alone. Oh, she's going to get pregnant. She's going to bring a diploma, she'll bring a baby. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm bringing a diploma, right? So it was kind of a challenge that, I, but everybody else around me was having sex and it was just normal. And I was just kind of like, well, I guess it is normal. So it, it was, a, it was a hard transition to accept that it was okay to have sex and not be married. it was another big, Oh yeah. That was huge for me. Is it still difficult for you to be intimate with somebody? Like, do you still have that little record player? No. At the beginning, it was the first time, my first experience. I, I thought I was going to marry him. Like, you know, yeah, because you don't have sex until you get married. Oh well, he'll marry me, right? Today, no, I think today I'm more comfortable with myself, comfortable with my sexuality, and that it's okay. You know, I won't get pregnant if I hold hands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> oh, really Children, and that it's okay. You know, that you explore and that you are comfortable with your sexuality. But it took me a long time to accept that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow such a difference in the generations and then Perfect. now you know the gen zers and the new generation after that compared to us our parents their yeah.
2: parents yeah but still you know, something I won't talk to my mom about my sister and I we have a pretty good relationship that we'll talk about certain things but we don't go into a lot of detail because remember we both grew up kind of a little bit the same I think she's a little bit more open-minded than I am because she was younger you know we're 11 years apart so it's a whole other upbringing yeah so it, it, it's very different but I Yeah, with my mom, I still, that's not something we talk about. Mm -hmm. It's still very hush.
1: Yeah, Holly, same question to you. Uh, Growing up with, you know, your parents, I think they're a little kind of similar to Veronica. Like it was, you know, you don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about with your family now or is it still pretty much the same?
0: Yeah, no, I would, well, not my sister's. A little but my parents never so i was born a, raised in a really strict christian home and it was a lot of shame around sex so that's kind of like my belief system was it was all shame and basically it was if i have sex before married i'm going to hell and so oh, wow. i'm one of those people i'm a very big rule follower and so just from the beginning knowing that like so i didn't have sex until i was married you know because i was like well i don't want to go to hell and i don't want to be disowned which you know i w- made a very conscious choice i don't want my kids to Sex is great, right? I don't want them to think of it as shameful or you no, know, they're gonna go to hell you know, if they do it. So I have three teenage daughters and thanks to social media, even the current music and just the world, they know way more than I ever knew. My youngest being 13 knows it all. And sometimes it's just like, oh man, um, they grew up w- way too fast. I was really, really sheltered and they're not so much.
1: Gosh. Okay. I wonder what the difference is in our point of view, grow up too fast. I wonder if it's just grow up more aware than we were. Yeah. See how we we put a point of view
2: about that. It should be slower. What do you think about that gals? Well, when I think of my upbringing compared to my mom's, I knew more about sex than she did at my age, right? I, I was in, high, in junior high and I know about sex because a friend of mine was, or one of my classmates was pregnant. So, and then today, you know, I don't have any children, but I do have five nieces, right? And I know that one of the oldest nieces, I, I feel that she's kind of aware, but I also want to be open with them with my brother's permissions, both of my brothers, that, I, that if they need to come to me with something like that, I would love to be open with them and not have any shame around that because there should not be any shame. It should not be a bad thing. At all, and you're right. They they are growing too fast, but they're growing. Imagine we were probably growing too fast for our parents because they didn't have the knowledge we have today. And I see my nieces, and I'm like, oh my god, they're like little adults. And and then I hear their conversations about fashion, about you know boys, but they don't like boys, but they do like boys, and I just think it's cute, right? And I'm like, I don't remember at ten talking about boys. They had cooties when I was growing up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. I had a boyfriend when I was 11 and I was already into boys at 10. Like I would get all dolled up with makeup and everything and do the whole big bangs. Remember that? If the pizza guy was coming, just if we ordered pizza, because what if he's cute? I mean, I was boy crazy. I was boy crazy. So I wonder, cause I was, I guess I was pretty fast too. When I looked at other people, I'm like, gosh, you're 12. I was way ahead at 10. (laughs) And yet, you know, I'm a pretty um, open. Yeah, I'm going to say socially liberal person. And uh, also, I could be very conservative socially, I could be both, you know, but the same question for you, Holly. What was the question? We <laughs> got <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yes, it's, it's a really
2: interesting uh, subject.
1: <laughs> oh, about how fast they're growing up. Mm. Like it's like they're they're too fast, or is it just that they're more mature? What do you think about that, Holly?
0: Yeah, sometimes I feel like they're worrying about adult things. I want them. You know, I'm the oldest of four girls, okay. and so I played with Barbies for a really long time because I had younger sisters. You know that were playing. barbies and so it's it's that whole idea too is my youngest has a 17 year old sister so she's you know she grew up a lot faster as well too i'm you know i try to make it more about like the emotional side of with sex with them Is you're not ready to have sex imagine you know you do that and around the school like that gets out just all of the emotional idea that your brain isn't developed enough you know there's other parts of it too but not so much the shame or religion side that's a different. Side of it, but just the sake of, you know, you really like someone, you give them that, and then the next day, they break up with you. Could you handle that right now? And they couldn't.
1: Such a great thought, Holly. I didn't think of it that way, because they are ready physically. Mm-hmm. They think emotionally. I mean, I'm a grown woman, and it's still challenging, mm-hmm. right, the emotions. And learning to navigate that. I totally get what you're saying. I didn't even think about it that way. I want to go back to the shame about going to hell. So it's interesting how Veronica had equals pregnancy. And then uh, Holly, you had equals shame and hell, right? Oh, hmm. I had equals slut. You're slut. Oh, that, too. <laughs> that too. Yeah, but mine was like, really, like, you're a slut. Everything was like, no, I, I had to just protect that I'm not a slut. And whatever it was, it still equal
2: to slut. Yeah, and and if we say slut in Spanish, uh, Joanna, it sounds even worse. So what is it? Oh, no, I, I can't. I it can't. sounds, it's not good? It's very vulgar,
1: yeah. Really? So yeah. it's more vulgar in Spanish than it is in English? I don't
2: know, maybe it just sounds more vulgar in Spanish, but yeah, you know, mm. yeah. It does. But it's equally to slut. Yeah. Uh, I'll spell it out. Okay. It's P-U-T-A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know that one. <laughs> you, did, you did, but I didn't want to say it because I think it, um, I feel, I, see?
1: I still feel yeah. it's mm-hmm. It does have a different vibration, that word to it, yeah. than slut.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, you know what? I've realized, you know, I, diction changes throughout the years with different, uh, generations. I don't hear the word slut as often. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Yeah. Just like yeah. different words are popular, but in the '90s, slut was like that was the word. You even called your girlfriends that, you yeah. know, as like a term of an, like, "Hey, slut." We said what? I look back at that. What were we saying? We thought that was like a term of like saying like, "Hey, bitch." That's this yeah. weird well, today, today. That is the term. Hey, bitches. That that's used yeah. today. Yes. So that word, I think, is more prevalent than the word slut was in the 90s, right?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Next question is, and I've been intrigued about this because I'll watch period pieces or something on like a movie about, let's just say, the 1400s or, you know, the Renaissance period and, and how sexuality was just so different than the way it is now. I wonder if we're circling back and we're coming back to that. Where there was really no, you're straight, you're gay, you're this, you're that. In that time, people had sex and orgies with all types of people. It was just part of it. You know, even like the king and queen would have sex or just people would have sex and somebody would be fanning them. It was it was just a very different time. And then we came into this like uh, industrial revolution, like in the 1900s, 1800s, and it became very... I think that's when maybe religion started and really, really strong in the United States. If anybody knows better than I do, please let me know.
0: But I'm starting to see it come back. What are your feelings and thoughts on that? I think people are a lot more free with their sexuality, you know, now. And this even links to me to like mental health. I feel like before, if you weren't straight, again the shame thing, you know, and if you can't like be true to you and stuff, I feel like that is a lot of. Mental health issues, or you th- there's a lot of um, gay people in Christian religion stuff, and the suicide rates really high yeah. because they can't be true to themselves. So it might come back just around to where now um, people are more free to be true to who they are, mm-hmm. and they're actually doing that. And there is, there's still, you know, always going to be some judging and stuff, but it feels like it's less. So maybe they're more free. So they are doing that, which I think is in the right direction. You know, in the sense that people can be who they are. Um, but that's really interesting because there is still the very traditional um, side of me. So I just, I online dating and someone put in there, he's looking for a hot wife. And I'm like, like a good looking wife. No, a hot wife means you're a girl that's open to going outside of the marriage. So we're bannering back and forth. I didn't even know that. And he and so I'm thinking. Oh, I didn't even know that. I, I didn't know, know that. Know that. Uh-huh. So I'm like, wife. I could be a hot wife. That's what I said. I could be a hot wife. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't actually. Because I actually have not. That That's just in my system i don't i'm not open to that but a lot of people are so i guess that just goes back to he'll probably find someone that is and that's you know they can do them and that works um but it's it is definitely very different now than even when i first got married 20 years ago so different right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: how would it change Uh,
1: i often wonder if i was a teenager now how like i said i was like boy crazy at 10 i wonder how it would have been different for me you know, I'm just I'm just so curious on that. Veronica, what do you think about things kind of circling back around and,
2: and where we are now? I think everything circles back. You know, I remember watching the Tudors and everything was sexual. Like, they, you know, the, the print the the king had all these binds, Right. And so I just think it's interesting thinking, huh, when did we become so conservative that you couldn't talk about sex? Because this is way before our time. But then I think the Victorian era came as more conservative, right? Like after, after the World War I and World War II, conservative. But I think we evolve a lot. I, I think today things are more open. I, I, don't, I know for sure I cannot be a hot wife. I could be hot looking, but not a hot wife. I, I, I never even heard of that term, Holly. That's interesting because I've done online dating, but I never heard that. You know, I know there's a lot of like, um, I think that we're still sexually deprived because if we weren't, why, why do we have all these like, um, you know, abuse, right? Like child abuse or, or that, uh, because like you said, back in the days, even the Romans, they had sex with boys, girls, like it, it was just normal, but then it's not, right? We, we think, we feel it. I personally don't think it is normal, but back then it was normal. So, you know, what changed? What happened? I, I'm just trying to figure that out. And I think everything goes full circle. I still don't agree with uh, uh, having sex with a child. I think that's definitely out of the picture. Um, but I just kind of feel that uh, everything could come back except for that. <laughs> and I think we just go in cycles, I, I think, and I still have trouble thinking if we're so open about sex and everything's okay, why do we have such high uh, pregnancy, uh, teenage pregnancy rates? Because we still have high teenage. Why, if we're so open and liberal about uh, having, um, you know, using contraceptives like, you know, Condoms, you can go get them anywhere for free, like Plant Parenthood, or uh, having birth control. Why is our bo- abortion rate so high? Like, I have trouble with that. I mean, I remember in high school, they were going to open a plant pa- like a Planned Parenthood near our school, the give free away candle. It was like a major big deal. This is like maybe 1985, 1986. I was, uh, you know, I graduated from high school really young. But um, I remember that it was like a big deal with the parents because they're saying, oh, it's like t- telling our kids it's okay to have sex. Well, I think kids were already having sex, so let them go get a condom. So I I struggle with understanding how is it that we still have these high rate teenage uh, or unwanted pregnancies when we're more open about talking about birth control pills and condoms. You know, Holly, who who just said, you know, she's willing to talk to her girls about that because she doesn't want them to, like, it's important to talk to them because then, what if they do end up pregnant because they didn't know how to take care of themselves? So I, I, I get confused with that, to be honest with you. Because if today we're more open and more liberal, why are we still facing the same issues? Why do we still have young girls getting pregnant? Why do we still have, have abortion rates when there's so much, so many ways that you can protect yourself to not get pregnant if you're going to be out having sex? So I struggle with that. I, don't, like, I, I just struggle with that.
1: Veronica, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way because we are open. Do you think it's because the the gals that are having more of the abortions let's just say if they're younger because of the parents are our age ish and we're still kind of old school do you think it'll take another 20 years where it'll stop where the kids now where holly's daughters have kids and then they're a little more
2: open well, I hope it doesn't take another 20 years. I hope that if I had kids, I'd be more open with them than, not, than my mom was with me, right? That they can come to me and talk about sex and talk about anything. So, you know, I struggle with it because I remember this one girl in high school who was pregnant, it was like a big deal. One, I went to public school, we had over 600, I don't know, thousand students in the school and only one girl was pregnant and everybody knew she was pregnant. But today it's like a normal thing, right? But back then it was such a big deal. Maybe we grew up more conservative, but today is a normal thing. But yet it's not normal because they're in high school. Why are they getting pregnant? Why aren't they taking care of themselves when things are more open? There's a plant. There's you know some kind of a Planned Parenthood in every corner somewhere. And I'm not, not Planned Parenthood, but you know there's other clinics that are for you know for a low income resources if you need to get birth control or or get off a free condom. I don't know. Like so I'm just trying to figure that out. Like if baffles me a little bit. Do you think it's
1: just a different point of view that they're more open to be a younger mother than we were? Cause we were taught don't get pregnant. That could be like, it's a little more accepted. (laughs) Like my mom was like, don't you dare get pregnant unless you're married. Marriage comes first. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a different time. So it's not as taboo, but maybe the, Mm -hmm. are the abortion rates still up? Like, I don't know the numbers. Are they higher than they were in the 90s or less? I wonder.
2: Do you know? uh, I don't know for a fact today, but I remember a while back um, I was volunteering at a pro-life clinic and I and within the vicinity. I think there was like six, uh, six abortion clinics. And just in L.A. County alone, there was an average of 300 a day. L.A. County alone. Mm. That's pretty high. So I don't know where it's at today. That was, you know, several years ago. It was like 20 years ago. So I don't know where it's at today. But that's kind of scary if that's happening, right? Like that's a, lot, that's a high, even 300 a day is a lot if you think about it. Mm. That is
0: interesting. I oh. think the culture, do you remember when Murphy Brown, that TV show and she was going to be a single mom? Oh, I remember as a kid, that being so controversial. It was a, just yeah. having a baby. Yeah. And so, and then um, even Rachel on Friends, when she was a single mom, that was you heard about it a little more so i'm a single mom you know three and and if people don't really flinch like oh yeah that's not like oh wow you're in that minority it's there's a lot a lot of single parents now so that could be a thing too that now if you're a single parent that that's kind of the norm but if you i can't remember what year it was but back when the murphy brown times i mean in the 80s when i was really little that was not the norm. And so you didn't think you could make it the really the resources, but now you're like, Oh yeah, I could make it. I know five other people that are. And so I think it's become culturally acceptable.
2: You're right, Holly.
0: And I remember that Murphy Brown. I remember it
2: was a big deal that even the president of the United States commented on it. Yep. I remember that too. No, because she was gonna the for the first time, I think even on TV, right? They they were showing a, a single mom mm-hmm. having a baby. Yeah. And so you're right, maybe it just became more acceptable and no shaming, because
0: I remember growing up, it was like a shame that you were pregnant and not married. Well, and even growing up, like when I remember getting divorced, my kids were one, two and four and I was 30. Oh. And I, my biggest thing of all of that was um, I'm getting divorced. I'm a single mom, the stigma. And that was only 12 years ago. And I felt like there was a stigma. So I feel like it's even raised from then. So I think just, you know, how we were raised, thinking about sex and the outcomes of all of that. Now the outcomes are a little different. So I think that. Oh, was yeah. That stigma was more important to you than actually like the end of your marriage. Isn't that awful? Yeah. I remember being sick at the table and thinking like, I hope nobody asks me, are you married? Mm-hmm. or whatever? Cause it was just like this. I don't want to say that, you know, cause again, it went back to shame. So the shame of not having sex is the shame of anything that wasn't just checking the boxes and doing what was expected of me.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Ladies, thank you so much for being so open. This is so great. Okay. Last questions to wrap it up. What have you noticed? We've already talked about this, but I want to go a little bit deeper with your nieces, for you, Veronica, and your daughters, Holly. And then I could talk about the kids that I know. You know, the difference for them when you see them, even just being in a room with a sex scene or something of that nature, how maybe how different they are. What have you noticed?
0: They don't even flinch and it's that's so cool anyway yeah. i love that <laughs> well i mean and i still don't watch like i yeah i'm pretty conservative you know in the sense and they're way less than me they can they can watch things they don't flinch you know i'm just like okay i'm gonna be i'm gonna be good because i'm thinking where i came from that was shame and all that around it and they don't have that so us good but i do like to point out that that's not really how sex is or if there's a scene mm-hmm. and two people have sex and be like no, there's like bodily fluids. You get up afterwards. You don't just lay there and fall asleep. You know, I'd point out like, notice how that happened. That actually isn't what goes down. And so, just trying to point out that too, because I think that's really dangerous. They're what they're watching. There is not real life. And so, in these movie scenes and these, so I just want to point out like, there's nothing shameful about that, but that's not real. So when you go to do it, it's actually not going to be like that. Not the sex is bad, but it's different than that. Damn, that's good because then we're getting the sex
1: education that way, almost like you're getting sex education from pornography and thinking it's always like that. Well, let's see what it's really like. Oh, because we start to compare. It's just like on Instagram, you're comparing your flaw, your skin to somebody's flawless skin with their filter. Well, there's a sex filter and the sex filter is everything is wonderful and everybody's falls asleep and all great. No, afterwards it's, yeah, it's messy. And cause this thing can create a human being their stuff
2: mm-hmm. interesting holly dang that was good how about yeah. you veronica well you know contrary to holly my nieces are still too young joanna they range from four years old to 12 years old so we haven't watched any kind of movies like that yet and they're still we're still watching coco and Chanted, mm-hmm. right? And but anything of- else? i mean 12 is still enough to listen well, 12, to- well i think the 12 year old we may have experienced something but I, I think it's uh, for me, I personally don't want to make a big deal. If there's a sex scene that comes on, right? When Growing up, if there was a sex scene, it was like, oh, you cover your eyes. My dad would walk out of the room. You know, it was just like it was known, right? I want to be that aunt that if there is a sex scene, hey, it's normal. I think we have experienced it with my niece, but we just, with the 12-year-old going on 21, by the way, we have, and it was just like a normal thing. Like it was just something that happened on TV, but it, was, it wasn't it was really that sex. You know how it is, is they're just kissing and they're in bed together but you know there's something going on, but you don't know what that is going on. They make it very subtle. And I remember her there, and I remember she looked at my my sister, my mom and I, and I just pretended like I didn't, we didn't say anything. We didn't say anything because we wanted to make it very subtle. Like it's, it's no big deal. It's just a movie there. it wasn't showing a lot, so it was okay. Um, but I want to be that aunt that when we do experience that, if let's say we go to the movie theater and there's a scene that we didn't know that was going to happen, just it's nothing normal I mean we went to the movie theater and it was a scene like that we were looking for coins underneath the seats and then <laughs> well, you start twiddling your thumbs <laughs> like, oh I lost I lost some money can look for yeah, like, my brothers and I are looking at you know so I don't want to be that because I think it, it's important for them to see everything and mm-hmm. and if they have any questions that I'm able to answer them
0: yeah how about music because I know Whoa. So just today we're driving and it was like a one direction song and it was I Wanna Be Your Last First Kiss. And my 17-year-old is like, oh, this is so wholesome. The music used to be a little more like this, which was really funny because we listened to Doja Cat. You know, we're listening to all these things and I'm listening to the songs and I'm going, oh my gosh, these lyrics, you know, these lyrics, but they're they're real. And I try to remind them that it's sex is a physical act, but there's also an energy exchange so there yes all this talking about whatever but you are like becoming one with someone else and you're exchanging energy and there's a connection and you're giving something that that's a whole another piece of it you know so just remember that part of it that's going to come away with as well um but the music and the explicitness and i i don't like it it still makes me just like oh but it's it's the norm and even if i don't play it the house, they're listening to it out so i stopped being like we can't listen to that because i know they'll send it elsewhere so I'm like, we're just going to embrace it.
1: Yeah, Holly, I can I just imagine because every single song has an E explicit. If you're on Spotify, I, like you
0: could barely find one without and, an E. There's and I, I listen to Big Energy, that song. I listen to yeah. the edited version. Oh, and so I'm playing it and they make fun of me. I play the edited versions on all of my Spotify. I actually I don't I don't know. I don't like the raunchy. Yeah. And so the kids are always like the edited one. haha. ha. And they make fun of me for listening to that. That is so
1: funny. I have some members that when I teach fitness and like, not even thinking I'll have some edited, some edit, unedited. It's like, I'm not even paying attention sometimes or I am paying attention. But when I have the edited, I have some of the younger ones, they make fun of me. And I'm like, "Ah, what is the difference? You know what I mean? But they want the, no, we want the real one. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I'm like, there's a different energy, even to the song. Can you feel it, Holly? Like mm-hmm. even the song has a different energy when it has all the, uh, I feel heavy. Yeah. I feel like I don't feel as light and as fun. And different. what a difference when you look back 25 years ago to the, to the music, a few had an explicit lyrics. Now mm-hmm. every single one of it has is just so different.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm taking notes from Holly. You know, just whenever I'm asked those questions as my nieces get older, Holly. So I just felt, you know, one of the things is, as you were talking about this, like I hear the music they're playing, I'm thinking, oh my God, you, do these kids understand what they're, they're still little? So I don't feel that they understand. But then I think of my 15 year old nephew. And, and I'll tell you, I don't know if I'm ready if he would ask me a sex question, I'm like, oh, what would I tell a boy? Like, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, go, go ask your dad, right? Like, I wouldn't know what to do. But I know there's music that he listens to that's a little more explicit. But I don't know if he's understanding the concept behind it, and that's um, that's something that maybe we just have to be perfect. I love what Holly said that there's a a, 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 a sexual energy exchange, and it's important that they understand that when some of these because man, we're talking English music, but you know we're my family's exposed to Spanish music, and there's some reggaeton songs that I'm like, oh my god, what, did they just say what they said, right? So there's a you know. There's one song that, you know, we'll be happy. All four of us will be happy. And there's another song that, you know, want to take you and take off your clothes. And it's all in Spanish. And I'm like, uh, that's pretty, pretty explicit. Right. So, you know, this goes into a sexual demeanor. So this is pretty explicit. How do you explain that to the kids? What are they saying? There's a song I'll never forget. My niece is like, she said it in a way. Again, what does that mean? And the song says, Dame tu cosita. A, give me your little thing, right? Like, give me your little thing. And she kind of like almost knew what it meant. But it was interesting because in Spanish it's sexual. But then how do you translate that into English? Give me your little thing. What little thing? What are you talking about, right? So it's just really interesting when she asked me, What does that mean, Nina? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. She was younger. Not, you know, looking for your coins, Veronica. <laughs> people can look for coins, but I'd be like, no, I don't want to be that person. I want to say, well, this is what the song means. And it's not appropriate, but, but then it's almost like, do you say it's not appropriate and they're still going to listen to it? And then kind of, I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't know as a parent, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but I also want to be that person, want to be that aunt that if they ask me that. I have a good answer for them. Like what I heard Holly say right now that she tells her daughters and, they, and having sex is an exchange of energy. And I think that's very powerful because it's true. So I want to be able to share that with them and not have a, any kind of shame because obviously there's still that conservative side of me like, oh yeah, uh, I don't know if I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Thank you girls for yeah.
1: sharing this. This was so helpful because I think the overall theme of today was to be open with sex and we're going to be uh, as open as we can with our upbringing and teaching our kids, our, our p- kids around us, anybody around us about the energy exchange and how to speak for what we would like. I think, you know, as a woman really coming into my own was learning how to speak up with what I wanted with sex rather than just doing it just to make the guy happy or whomever happy. That was my coming into my own skin. Right. So I think that also teaching the energy exchange and speaking up for what you would like, because I wonder if these songs are teaching us to just, oh, we're supposed to just do this. And what if you don't really want to do it And speaking up to your partner going, "Uh, this is what I would really like, because I think these songs are also the music is also portraying that every single person likes this or every single person wants this. Well, what every single body is different. My Mm -hmm. body's different from Holly's, from Veronica's. It's each its own little journey and pathway. So when you're with that partner, asking your partner, hey, what do you like? This is what I like. Okay. I want you to learn what, and it's fun, that fun energy exchange. And I think, at least in my point of view, this music is teaching that we all, every single person likes this. Mm -hmm. And so that's interesting too. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Thank Thank you for being so open. Thank you for yeah, sharing your points of views and bringing this to light. And Holly, what is your Instagram handle? And then Veronica.
0: Yeah. So it's the Holly Martin. So just H-O-L-L-Y-M-A-R-T-I-N. Yeah. Follow Holly. And then Veronica, what's yours again?
2: Mine is M-A-V-E-R-O Corona. So it's my first, uh, initials of my first names. (laughs)
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you for having us, Joanna. Thank you. Thank you. You're so
1: welcome. Thank you for being here on the Get Up Girl podcast on our on our girl chat, chatting about sex and how we were raised with it. I appreciate your openness. And until next time, we'll be back again with another girl chat in a couple weeks. I love and adore every single one of you and we will see you next time. Thanks, gals.